Oh yeah. TGIF Let's Go Neighborhood. Sometimes you just gotta book some fantasy to plan out some wrestling, what you want it to be. This is By the Book. Come take a look. By the Book. Well, technically, you'll hear it. DC's just a fan laying out his plan. By the Book. To get you in the spirit. This is By the Book. So, hey, neighborhood, if you're feeling low, DC will save you with this podcast show. This is By the Book. By the book. Shooby doo wop, wada. Yeah. Hello out there, neighborhood, boys, girls, children of all ages, and grown ups too. And I'm sure even some pets. There have to be some animals who, though not by choice, wind up listening to Buy the Book, a fantasy booking wrestling podcast brought to you by dc matthews at dc matthews nai and supported by ddt wrestling i hope you're having yourselves a fantastic monday it is columbus day or as others uh seem to call it indigenous people's day i'm sure many of you remember that time when you know i was in high school when it happened but you might have been younger older i'm not sure maybe it just happened to you recently uh where you pick up a book uh, we had to read in a uh, American history class, sophomore year, we had to read, uh, it was a Howard Zinn book, I don't remember the name, I think it was a People's History of the United States, we had to read certain excerpts, and we read the excerpt about Christopher Columbus, the true story, quote unquote, because we could go through a series of podcasts uh, debating the word truth from a historical perspective, uh, since many seem to argue that as, as history seems to be win, written by the victors, there's some debate as to whether or not any history is true, uh, contrasted to my partner in crime, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson's scientific approach, where there really is only one truth. He can uh, debate that with me if he wants, except he never listens to my shows, despite the fact that I listen to every one of his shows. Um, where was I? Ah, yes. We, we learned about Columbus and the Taino Indians of... Uh, you know, the Americas, and you, you learn that Christopher Columbus, whom you're brought up with as a child to believe is, uh, at least I was, to believe he was a, a pretty good dude, and then you learn that it might not be all it was cracked up to be. So uh, whether you support Columbus Day, Indigenous Peoples Day, or just Monday, uh, I hope you're having a great day out there in the neighborhood. Uh, as a teacher, really all that matters to me is that I got the day off. I got to see some friends the famous tall guy that Doc Manson and I talk about uh, quite frequently. I got my hair cut, uh, so I'm feeling freshly quaffed and ready to go. You know, I went to the same barber. Not that you care, but I'm going to tell the story anyways because it's my show. If you want to fast forward, I don't blame you. I went to the same barber for probably about 20 to maybe even 25 years. I started going there with my dad when I was a kid. And then I continued going well into adulthood. And just recently, I made the switch uh, from this same barber who is now well into his 70s. And, you know, uh, in case he's listening, I'm not going to name his name, but in case he's listening, uh, you know, he is a wonderful guy uh, and he was a great barber, but it was a little too far to drive. It was a little too expensive. You know, as a guy, when you're paying 50 to $60 for a haircut, that's a little odd. Uh, and so I'm actually now going, oddly enough, and not through his recommendation, but I'm going to the same uh, haircutting establishment that one Doc Manson goes to. Uh, and, you know, it's weird when you go to a, a new place for the first time, especially after 20-some-odd years going to the same place. My barber never washed my hair. So I go to meet this new person. This was over the summer, I think. Uh, you know, my wife's been going to her for years and so you know she's like well we're gonna shampoo your hair and i and i dumbly said well i just washed it and she kind of smiled and said okay 
well, I'm going to watch it again. And, you know, it's a weird feeling. It's not an unpleasant feeling by any stretch of the imagination, but it is an odd feeling. You know, I don't know where to put my head there. The sink has a neck collar, which looks intimidating, and you've got to figure out exactly how to sit to put your head back there so you don't get your neck wet. Um, you know, I'm not sure how far into the sink I'm supposed to lean. You know, I wear glasses and my glasses are off, so I can't even see what I'm doing anyways. Not that I'm looking face down in the sink. That'd be weird. Uh, but it was an awkward thing. You know, I didn't know that when I went, I was supposed to mention that I wanted to get my facial hair dealt with. So this was the first, this was the second time I knew better this time, but the first time, you know, I get this very nice tight haircut. My hair's cut short, but I've still got this mountain man thing going on and they just, you know, I had to mention it and they had to find someone who could happen to, you know, had the time to take care of it for me, you know, and it's a lovely place. I highly recommend it. If, if you're in the greater Connecticut area and looking for a place to get a haircut, uh, send me a message at DC Matthews NAI and I'll be certain to give you a recommendation, but it's a very unusual feeling. I am not a person, <laughs> as many of you know, uh, who enjoys being uncomfortable, despite the fact that I spend uh, a majority of my life that way. I want to know what I'm doing. And so, you know, not knowing what you're doing is, is a very awkward feeling. I came home the first time uh, cranky as all get out, irritated at Mrs. Mrs. Matthews for not having uh, schooled me enough in the ways of this, but it's not her fault. She didn't know that this was going to be such a new experience for me. Um, so again, I, you know, I'm sharing this just because it's on my mind, but also I'm sure many of you have a similar experience uh, of some kind where you go someplace new, maybe not a hair salon or something like that, but you go someplace new and you don't know the, the culture. You know, that we have, again, I'm obviously accessing the historian part of my brain that is what I went to uh, university for. You know, every place has a culture. I suppose this is more of a sociology thing, which I'm somewhat familiar with as well. You know, <clears throat> there are all of these subcultures. The culture of this salon was its own thing. You know, you, you pay when you tip your stylist or your hair cutter, whatever their official name is. You put it in an envelope. You write your name and their name. And then there's a little slot at the checkout counter where you put it and it falls into a basket. Well, if you don't know that going in, there's just a random hole in the checkout counter and you you know they they kind of tell you where the envelope is but they don't tell you where to put it and it's a very awkward thing so you know we have to be aware neighborhood uh, of the social rules, the social norms of these things. And even when talking about Twitter, there are certain things in the neighborhood among the followers and fans of the New Age Insiders that you talk about and then you don't talk about. And it's not an established thing. There's not a sign posted up. I once wrote the Ten Commandments of the Neighborhood on ddtpod.com, but it's not something that everyone gets. So we have to be aware of that. When a new person comes into our lives, wrestling-wise, via Twitter, and if they start talking about something that is uh, uncomfortable or awkward or not, you know, we need to become, we can't just immediately block them, as tempting as it might be. We should try to, uh, you know, be teachers. We all need to be teachers. We all can be better teachers, myself included. And so we need to kind of guide these people who have just joined us and, and you know, into the ways in which that we operate as a subculture of the neighborhood. It is not the NAI neighborhood that Jason Maltov calls it. I love you, Jason Maltov. You are a, a very good friend, despite the fact that I've never met you face to face, but it is the neighborhood. Just say neighborhood. It's not the NAI neighborhood. It's spelled N-A-I boarhood, and it's just pronounced as one whole word. All right. So let's try to be a little more patient with some people. If they, if we educate them on the rules and they continue to be a dingbat, well, then that's a separate uh, indication altogether. It's a separate set of circumstances, and in which case, react as you will. All right. Uh, we've hit the nine-minute mark, and I, I was able to guide my conversation about the haircut to, res, uh, to wrestling in some form or fashion. So let's talk about professional wrestling. No Mercy was last night. I love the WWE Network because I, being the old man that I am, I was asleep at 7 p.m. last night. Sunday night, 7 p.m., I had gone to bed. Uh, Mrs. Matthews was in there reading. She's going to hate that I'm telling you this, but she was in there reading. I just came in to chat. And I fell asleep. 
which, you know, I, that tends to be my thing. I tend to get into bed and immediately get tired. It doesn't matter uh, how much sleep I've had or anything. You know, if I get back into bed, I'm going to get sleepy. It's just the act of being horizontal and laying on a pillow. Our bed is super comfortable. Um, and so I fell asleep at 7 p.m. So I have a weird internal clock where I can sleep for about seven and a half to eight hours, and then I just wake up. Uh, you know, I haven't used an alarm clock proper in a very long time. I almost always get up uh, before I need to. If I sleep late, it's sleeping till, you know, 6.15, maybe 6.30. That's still enough time to get everything done I need to get done in the morning. Uh, it is very rare that I sleep past that. So, you know, my internal clock woke me up at 3 a.m. I was up at 3 a.m. I had had an odd dream, um, so which I've been having more of lately. It's probably a symbol of getting old is how you start to have weird dreams. I don't know what the reasoning is. Maybe Doc Manson can explain that to me on a future episode of DDT Wrestling. Uh, and it's 3 in the morning, and I'm laying in bed, and I'm like, well, this is ridiculous. The PlayStation 4 is here, which has the best feature ever, the headphones that you can plug into the controller. So I pulled uh, a pillow to prop myself up, and I started watching No Mercy at 3 o'clock in the morning. Now, if this had been in the era before WWE Network, you would you would have paid forty or fifty or sixty dollars to watch a pay per view. You wouldn't have fallen asleep probably because it would have been a thing. You paid all of this money, so it wasn't an event. You kind of forced yourself to stay awake if you were a person like me, or as Doc Manson and GQ know, you fall asleep on the couch and it's awkward at ten o'clock because you're exhausted. But um. You know, if you had fallen asleep and you had remembered to DVR it, you'd have to get up and find your way to that specific DVR and do all of that stuff. So the WWE Network, for many, many reasons, is just a fantastic thing. So I watched No Mercy from 3 a.m. till about 5.30. I skipped through the things that didn't interest me. My apologies, Carmella and Nikki Bella. My apologies, Alexa Bliss and Naomi. But none of those matches really did anything for me. I got some of the things spoiled. I'm not super bitter about that because it is my own fault for being on Twitter. I had my phone, so I was hoping to avoid notifications by being on my phone. So I wasn't refreshing. I wasn't pulling down uh, to refresh, and I was just tweeting as things came to me. Um, you know, and then I happened to check my notifications, not anticipating for a second that anyone would talk to me in my notifications about the pay-per-view, especially since I obviously wasn't actively tweeting. I forgive Mrs. Manson. She's promised me Toblerones as penance, uh, but she had mentioned to me that Dolph Ziggler had won the Intercontinental title. Um, but either way, it was a it was a lovely way to spend the wee hours of the morning. You know, watching a pay per view. There I am. It's three in the morning. I can turn on professional wrestling, current professional wrestling, and you know, enjoy it in the comfort of my own bed at three in the morning without waking up my lovely bride who happened to be next to me. So it was a great morning. Uh, the show was very good. No Mercy was an excellent show. The timing was weird. It's been talked about on NAI Pod. I happened to catch the post show. I usually don't when I'm doing by the books, but I happened to have time to listen to it today because of the day off. The timing was a little weird. Having the main event first kind of made the rest of the show seem a little odd. And then when you had the Intercontinental title match midway through, as a Bray Wyatt fan, I was excited because Bray Wyatt was going to more than likely be in the main event. But it was, a, you know, just the timing was a little weird. Um, I want to talk, before I get into the actual fantasy booking, I want to talk about title reigns, because on NAI Pod, on the post-show, which you can find on NewAgeInsiders.com, the final post-show, in fact, before they move on up uh, to whatever side of the Boston area that WEEI Studios are, Bill Neville can tell me that, because I don't know Boston geography, um, but they're going to be on WEEI 93.7, a station I listen to, have been listening to for years, and they're going to be uh, broadcast all over the world on WEEI.com, I would assume. So congratulations to them. I think I've talked about it already, but I couldn't be happier. This couldn't have happened to three more passionate and dedicated wrestling fans and you know they they've talked about how it is a team effort from the nai network with ant and mccool and company and doc and myself and that that may be true to some extent but this is really and truly a testament to the work of jason maltov liam Stryker, and bill neville who put their lives on hold multiple hours a week uh to do this in fact it has kind of become 
their lives, uh, professional wrestling. So I, you know, kudos to them. I couldn't be happier. I'm excited to be on this journey with them. And this is not just me, uh, you know, sucking up because maybe they'll convince me to be awake at midnight. You, you know, that's not going to happen. When am I going to be awake at midnight? Maybe I'll catch them at 2 a.m. if I wake up, you know, having gone to bed at six, but this is not anything. This isn't, this is really sincere and truthful. I could not be happier for them. And one of the topics they brought up last night was, uh, Long title reigns. Jason Maltov, the traditionalist that he is, is is looking for longer title reigns. And I and I wonder, you know, Liam Stryker argued that the ADHD culture that is prevalent in the world today makes that impossible. And I do think there's something to that because here's a question: When was the last time? And I'm sure some great researcher is going to be able to figure this out, or maybe they know it off the top of their head. When was the last time that a WWE pay-per-view happened where a title did not change hands? I don't know. Usually at least one does. Uh, I know Clash of the Champions, it did. Uh, I'm pretty sure, obviously, SummerSlam did. Um, When was the last time that happened? And how many of those can the wrestling fan base in general handle? How often can we watch a two- to three-hour pay-per-view where, for all intents and purposes, nothing happens? If no title changes hands, besides, you know, maybe some slight storyline things, nothing happens. You know, I, I said this about the U.S. title before Clash of Champions. When you have all of these title matches early on, you kind of know that the U.S. title is going to change hands. The exact same thing happened when you had the world title and the tag team titles defended before 915 all of a sudden you're looking around and going well your women's champions injured the only title that is possibly able to change hands is the intercontinental title you know i had had it spoiled before but even in the back of my mind as i'm watching it going well dolph ziggler's probably going to win now because again wwe doesn't do a lot of pay-per-views where quote unquote Nothing happens. Uh, So, you know, I want that to be something that we keep in mind, and I'm interested as to the thoughts of the neighborhood on that. Please let me know, ddtwrestling at gmail.com, at dcmatthewsnai. Uh, You know, I want to know your thoughts. Uh, Would we be okay where if in the 19 or so pay-per-views held every year by WWE, what if 33% of them, what if six or seven pay-per-views a year have no title changes? Is that okay? Because that's the only way we're going to get some long title reigns. You know, New Day is the exception, not the rule right now. And I know that with the brand split, that changes things because we had a whole bunch of new titles. But that's, you know, we're not going to see 180 plus day title reigns that often. You know, I think The Miz's was around 180 days. Maybe it was 140. I'm not sure, but somewhere around there. I don't think that's going to be that common. I think... WWE feels that they need to keep things fresh, which means the belts are going to bounce around a little bit. Uh, So just something for you to keep in mind. A discussion topic I'm bringing up, and I would like your feedback. Yes, you. You listening to the sound of my voice right now. I'm asking for your help. Help me, neighborhood. You are not my only hope, but the hope I'm counting on the most. All right. Let's get to the actual fantasy booking. You've been wonderfully patient uh, being here these 18 minutes, just listening to me talk about uh, the banal uh, events of my day uh, and things. Uh, You know, I have no recipe for you uh, today. I haven't been doing a huge amount of cooking. Oh, actually, I I do. I mentioned lasagna soup before. Here is a quick recipe. It's not a vegetarian one. I'm apologize to the vegetarians out there. Um, Here is something if you would like to make, and forgive me if I've done this before, but I don't think I have. If you would like to make uh, a very nice chicken dish, it is chicken souvlaki, which is a Greek dish. Um, You know, you can get it all over the place. This is not the full thing. This is just the chicken itself. It's a marinade, essentially. I'm going to give you a four or five ingredient marinade that you put your chicken in. Only takes half an hour or so. Then when you cook it, I recommend uh, pan sauteing it, but you could probably broil it. Baking it would be good too, but you actually want there to be a little char you know, they want there to be a little crispiness, a little blackness to it. Uh, but you take a freezer bag and into the freezer bag, olive oil. There's specific amounts. I eyeball it. Uh, olive oil, lemon juice, dried oregano, uh, salt, and 
minced garlic. I recommend fresh garlic. I do not recommend the stuff that comes in a can. It is way more convenient, trust me, but it tastes nothing near the same as fresh garlic that you mince by hand. You know, you pop a clove of, you know, get a head of garlic from your local Mega Mart, pop a clove off, take your chef's knife. If you have a good chef's knife, a Santoku knife or whatever those are called would do too. A big flat knife, crush the garlic with the palm of your hand, peel off the paper or the outside thing, and then just chop it up. You don't even have to, you know, be real fancy about it. Just chop it up into pieces, toss all that in the bag, toss the chicken into the bag. I use chicken tenders that I buy at the, again, the local Mega Mart. You can use uh, whole breast pieces if you want, but I like the smaller pieces. They're easier to shred. They're easier to cook. You throw it in a bag, mix it all together, pop it in your chill box for 30 minutes. That's all you need. You can do it longer. It doesn't really change much in the way of the flavor I've found uh, doing it any longer than that. Then cook in your method of choice. Delicious. So that's a recipe for you. Chicken souvlaki from me to you. All right. Uh, What I think is funny about No Mercy, you know, we've talked about too many pay-per-views, too many pay-per-views, but No Mercy was set up to me. I was able to, on my phone while tweeting, uh, sketch out what a November SmackDown exclusive pay-per-view would look like. And, you know, so I'm almost feeling bad for SmackDown at the timing of Survivor Series, because these big four pay-per-views are going to start becoming, I think, uh, very different than other shows, especially Survivor Series, and we'll talk more about that later. Uh, Because, you know, SmackDown is on a roll right now, and they're set up, let me give you right now what I would book, here's the fantasy booking piece, this is what I would book as a November pay-per-view for the SmackDown branch. Your main event... AJ Styles versus Bray Wyatt. This is last night was the biggest win, arguably, of Bray Wyatt's career. It is a, you know, I feel like I've said this a hundred times, but it's true. This is very close to a now or never situation with Bray Wyatt in that he is perfectly set right now. I don't think the feud with Randy Orton needs to last any longer, especially since we're coming up to a big four pay-per-view. The reason that Survivor Series, in my opinion, and I want to get back to the perspective November pay-per-view for SmackDown. But the reason that Survivor Series has not been as exciting as it used to be is because they got away from what made Survivor Series great. WrestleMania was great because it was the granddaddy of them all. SummerSlam was great because it was WrestleMania in the summertime. Royal Rumble was great because it had the Royal Rumble. Survivor Series was great because it was so different. You had these elimination tag matches. I'm going to book for you a little later a Survivor Series pay-per-view that is all elimination tag team matches and you might cringe at that but that's what made it great for the first 10 to 15 years of its existence once people stopped caring about it it was because it stopped being that and they had one or two token matches but then it just became a regular pay-per-view and not a very good one from all reports you know the the survivor series that happened during my lost years of wrestling nobody talks about so I think that can change, but again, I'm getting ahead of myself. So Bray Wyatt right now, if you're going to tell me that Bray and Randy are going to fight in some sort of weird gimmick match at Survivor Series, I think that's that's foolish. End it now. They each got one apiece. Maybe they can come back to it later, but Bray got a win now. Move him on. Orton can move on to other things too, or somewhat. I'll get to that later. I would love to see Bray Wyatt versus AJ Styles. I think that is the character's mesh. Yeah, it's heel-heel, but Bray's not really a heel, and AJ's not really a heel. So it's fan favorite who happens to, quote-unquote, break the rules versus another fan favorite who happens to break the rules. The crowd's going to go banana for that. All right? What to do with Randy Orton? This was the tricky one until it hit me. Luke Harper, my boy. Luke Harper, one of my probably top five favorite wrestlers in WWE right now, along with Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas and probably Big E and really The Miz probably right now, you know, probably my five favorites in WWE. Kevin Owens is up there too, probably, and maybe Seth Rollins. I'm not going to make a top five for you right now. That's a separate show. Uh, But Luke Harper versus Randy Orton would be, you could continue that. And and maybe this is how they could handle that is, you know, Orton has to take out Harper before he goes back to take out Bray, who maybe by then is the world champion. So now Orton potentially can win a 13th or 14th title at the expense of Bray Wyatt. But that's months into the future. 
I would book Randy Orton versus Luke Harper because it's Luke Harper's fault that Bray Wyatt won. Luke Harper doesn't have to win. He's not that big of a deal. I'd love it if he did, but I'd just have Luke Harper beat the tail out of Randy Orton. Randy Orton catches him with a quick RKO, and then Randy Orton can win, and it's a little bit of comeuppance. Uh, They talked about it on the NAI Pod post-show. I I agree with uh, Liam Stryker again. He and I have similar theories on a lot of this. Uh, Dolph Ziggler is your Intercontinental Champion right now so that Baron Corbin can take it off of him. He, I tweeted that out. The next Intercontinental Champion is Baron Corbin. Uh, so I would have that match. I know they feuded a lot. I do. I get that. But I don't think that matters. It's a new show. They can spice it up. Ziggler now has the belt. Corbin's looking strong. They could spice it up a bit. Uh, I would have The Miz feud with Dean Ambrose next. I think that's a feud that I don't remember ever having seen. Maybe they feuded over the Intercontinental title, but I don't remember it. The Miz is on fire, and this is what elevates him to that main event level. Dean Ambrose probably doesn't make a lot of sense as a challenger for AJ Styles. He's had a couple of attempts and lost, but he's you know in that B-plus, A-minus tier feuding with Miz. Maybe it's for the number one contendership. If Ambrose wins, he can go back and challenge Styles again, or Bray this time if Bray became champion. Uh, so that would be what I would do. Again, remember, this is the November imaginary pay-per-view that would be SmackDown only. I'm pretending that Survivor Series doesn't exist right now. If SmackDown had its own pay-per-view, I think these all, all of these things would make sense. Your tag title situation is confusing. I was one of the many. You know, our record, I don't remember if I have the index card. Maybe I threw it away. Oh, no, here it is. Uh, if you caught our prediction and production show from last week's DDT Wrestling, we were terrible. We were really terrible. We thought Carmella was going to win. I'm assuming Kurt Hawkins didn't have a match. I didn't see it, and I wasn't looking for it, but I'm assuming he didn't have a match. Uh, We thought the Usos were going to win. We thought Miz was going to win. We thought Becky Lynch was going to win. Now, obviously, circumstances got in the way of that one, but still. The only ones we got right were we both got Corbin winning. We both got AJ winning. I got Bray winning, which I understand is a fluke, but I jumped up and down as much as I could not trying to wake up a beautiful woman next to me Uh, but that's three out of eight you know our our winning percentage is usually pretty good that was a abysmal 37.5 percent so you know kudos to WWE I suppose for keeping things interesting but I'm I'm not sure what's happening with the Slater Rhino tag team they, you know, they did some great stuff, but I'm worried that this is going to get old really quick. There's only so many times, as as much as I love it, there's only so many times Rhino can eat cheesy crackers before, you know, unless he's going to move on to like Hostess cupcakes or something. Uh, I'm I'm not sure where this goes end game wise. I thought it made sense for the Usos having done such a dramatic shift uh, to win the titles, but I'm happy with it. And one of the main reasons I'm happy with it, and I tweeted this out earlier too. I long ago made a prediction that by the end of 2016, Tyler Breeze and Fandango would win the tag team titles, and I'm going to die on that sword if I have to, but having Slater and Rhino as the champions still gives them a shot. They haven't been on TV in ages, but it still gives them a shot to pull it out. So I'm booking for this imaginary November pay-per-view, Slater and Rhino versus Alpha versus Usos versus Breezango. Fatal four-way tag team match for the titles, and Breezango steals it. You know, maybe like they, I would have it. American Alpha takes out, you know, Slater or Rhino or somebody, and they're really close to winning the tag titles, and then Breeze and Fandango cheat in some way. Maybe hits him with the selfie stick would make sense. Hit him with a selfie stick, and then they steal the win and the belts makes my prediction come true. I predicted the revival. I'm I'm crossing my fingers. I'm holding out hope here. If you're listening WWE, make my dreams come true. I'm telling you. Tyler Breeze and Fandango have something. You just got to give them a chance. They're going to be great. Uh, So that would be it. And then, as for the women's division, 
you know, you haven't had your Becky versus Alexa Bliss match. Um, you know, I get that the number one contendership is probably going to be decided over the next month while Becky recuperates from whatever sort of surgery or medical procedure she had. Uh, but you have that. And there's a pay-per-view. That's one, two, three, four, five, six matches. You throw Swagger in there somewhere. Maybe Kalisto's back. Maybe you've got, obviously, a second uh, female match of some kind. Natalia teaming with Carmella to take on... Nikki and Naomi, I guess, again. I don't know. You figure something out with that. Uh, But that would be a pretty good pay-per-view, and it makes logical sense coming out of No Mercy. But again, we're not having that because Survivor Series is coming up. And as I told you earlier in this show, if Survivor Series is going to be good, excuse me, my breath got caught in my mouth there. I probably need some water. Um, You know, if Survivor Series is going to be this big four pay-per-view that it's been this whole time. And obviously you got to add money in the bank. So the big five, excuse me, uh, it's got to be different. It can't be just a random cross brand pay-per-view. And I'm saying it's got to be all the way different. So I'm again, I'm going to t- explain to you right now what I would do, which would be a complete and total elimination tag match thing. I've booked the format before where it's all elimination matches, fatal four ways, triple threats. You know, I'm I'm still a little confused. I expect things will be explained on SmackDown. AJ Styles tapped out. And I'm sorry, I know it's not an elimination match, but if AJ Styles taps out, the logical thinking would be, well, he has lost. Nobody has won, but he has lost. He is not able to compete anymore. John Cena needs to face Dean Ambrose now for the title. So the fact that the bell rang and then Mike Chioda, who's always been a great referee, but Mike Chioda says it doesn't count because it was two, the match restarts, but AJ Styles still gets to compete. That didn't make any sense to me. Um, So I'm sure they're going to, you know, sort that out. But again, we're heading towards where we're just going to get a pay-per-view where Raw feuds and SmackDown feuds are settled, and then we're also going to get one or two token elimination matches. And that'll be fine, I'm sure, but it's not going to make for a big four feel, you know, unless the matches are really good. And in 2016, the rosters are such that the matches will be really good. But I think we can do better. I think we can do better. So I'm going to tell you about my fantasy-booked Survivor Series pay-per-view. And I'm going to start, once again, with the main event. And this is what I'd do. I've probably touched on it before, but this is what I'd do. Your main event from Toronto of the 2016 Survivor Series. The Club versus The Shield. In a three-on-three elimination match. The Club right now, you've got AJ Styles... You've got Gallows and Anderson who aren't doing anything, but you put them in the same picture with AJ Styles, and they'll be just fine. You know, Gallows and Anderson have struggled mightily. I know I've talked about that. But you put them together, it's fine. And you have right now, for the first time since they've split up, obviously, Rollins and Ambrose and Reigns, all good guys. Rollins still kind of gray, but he's a good guy. You've seen his moveset change. You've seen his interactions with the fans change. He's now a babyface. So there's a way to do this. If starting this week has to start tonight, it can't start at Hell in a Cell. It's got to start tonight. If on Raw and on SmackDown, all of a sudden the club, both separate and together, start running roughshod over the place. If... You know, Gallows and Anderson are taking people out. Look at what Samoa Joe is doing in NXT and amp it up. Take people out. Left, right, and center. Braun Strowman comes out to face Jinder Mahal or whatever, and the club comes out and takes out Strowman, or at least comes close to taking out Strowman. Probably would need a chair. But, you know, they got to take out people. And AJ's got to be taking out people. And then you've got to see them show up or they're talking to each other first via text or on the phone or whatever. And then you see Gallows and Anderson backstage at a SmackDown. Or you see AJ Styles backstage at a Raw. And they start running running the show, so to speak. And so the only way to stop them is to put the shield back together. I think it could work. There's a lot of questions that would need to be answered. I'm not going to go through and 
take you through a week-by-week way of doing it, but I think you can do that. And that makes, that alone makes Survivor Series a big four or five pay-per-view just by that matchup because you've got the Shield, which is the dominant stable of the last five to ten years in WWE. You've got the club, which in many fans' minds is the Bullet Club, internationally, worldwide, one of the greatest stables of the last five to ten years. Now you're putting them together. I think you could make something happen with that. Uh, you would follow that up with a Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. I went back and forth on this. I've wound up with a six-on-six six match. You know, they're all going to be elimination tags. You just got to get used to that, folks. Uh, team Raw. Universal Champion Kevin Owens is your captain, obviously. Kev- Chris Jericho. Rusev, U.S. Champion. Cesaro and Sheamus, who very well by then could be the tag team champions. In fact, I'm going to say, yes, they will. And then Sami Zayn. That's Team Raw, because Sami Zayn's your kind, you know, he would be called the mascot by Kevin Owens or at some point. But, you know, he is kind of, you know, the heart and soul of Monday Night Raw is Sami Zayn. And really, this is, it was going to be five on five. And then I realized, well, you got to put Sami Zayn in there somewhere. Because I was starting to book, you know, a. Uh, also ran show for the pre-show where it's like Sami Zayn teaming with, you know, whomever to take on Titus O'Neil and whomever. And Sami Zayn deserves better than that. So that's Team Raw, led by your Universal Champion. Now, you can't have SmackDown led by your World Champion because Styles is part of the Club versus the Shield. And if that, if WWE decided not to pull the trigger on the Club versus Shield thing, which would be fine, it would be real cool to have AJ Styles lead Team SmackDown, but then you've got two heels as captains. How is that going to work? So I'm going with the team captain is the guy who stole the show at No Mercy last night. Your Intercontinental Champion, Dolph Ziggler, is the captain of Team SmackDown. Joined by Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper, The Miz, and coming in at the last minute, probably the SmackDown before or something, John Cena. I would imagine while he's off shooting his show, he can come back for a pay-per-view. I couldn't couldn't really figure out who the other big name would be, and John Cena adds the, the cachet there because you've got Cena and Rusev who've had a thing, you've got Cena and Owens who've had a thing, and you know there's lots of interplay there, and that's what made these matches so good is you took talents that were feuding with each other, but also talents who had history. And, you know, these guys had a major feud last year, you know, around WrestleMania time. And now this is the first time they've been in the same ring and immediately they take each other out again. And you're like, all right, I guess, you know, things haven't been fixed or Cena's team teaming with Bray Wyatt. Cena and Bray Wyatt have a history. Bray Wyatt and Orton have a history. The Miz and Ziggler have a history. Can this team coexist? Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn on the same team. Is Owens just going to take Sami out and be like, we don't need him, we'll do five on six? Is that going to work? So that would be it. Owens, Jericho, Rusev, Cesaro, Sheamus, and Zayn. That would be Team Raw. Ziggler, Orton, Bray Wyatt, Harper, Miz, and John Cena. That would be Team SmackDown. And I've talked about this uh, on a previous By the Book. You've got to, It can't be just bragging rights. You've got to make it worth something. Maybe it's a draft pick. Maybe it's, you know, the winning team gets to pluck talents from the other brand. I don't know. If they can figure that out, um, you know, maybe the, you know, here would be a silly way to do it. But the, you know, the winning team gets the last few Royal Rumble spots and the losing team gets the first two Royal Rumble spots. Make it worth something, even as trivial as that. All right. So that's Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. I've got three other matches booked. One's a tag team Survivor Series. One's a women's. One's a cruiserweight. Tag teams, you know, I loved those. They used to have in the old days, 90, 91, 92. I remember watching them on tape from sitting in my grandmother's living room. Uh, They would have like five teams. So it's 10 on 10. So the ring is essentially surrounded by people. And I don't remember if it was, I think it was when one person got eliminated, you and your partner had to go to the back. That would be fine. But here we go. New Day, Heath Slater and Rhino, Enzo and Cass and American Alpha. So that's eight. Sorry, Xavier or Kofi or whomever, but that would be eight. New Day, Slater and Rhino, Enzo and Cass and American Alpha. Two teams from Raw, two teams from SmackDown. To take on the Usos, 
Tyler Breeze and Fandango, Primo and Epico, and you can tell already, if I'm bringing up Primo and Epico, we've got a problem here because I've got my two heel SmackDown teams. That's easy. But now I'm looking for Raw heel teams. Well, I can't use... This is a problem with fantasy booking. You've got to think all this stuff through. I can't use Gallows and Anderson because they're in the club versus the Shield. And really, that's the only other heel team. You could make a case that Cesaro and Sheamus could turn heel, and it might be fun, but they're also part of Team Raw and Team SmackDown. So I could have, you know, stretched and said, you know, I you know, I could have done any number of things. I could have done the Ascension. I had that written down, that the Ascension would be there, and you'd just have three SmackDown teams. But then I went ahead and cheated and made my own team. So the fourth team is the epic pairing, and I believe I talked about this on a show just the other day, of Bo Dallas and Braun Strowman. Because I want that team to be a thing so badly. I want Braun Strowman, he doesn't have to change a thing. I don't need him to go dorky, but I need him to be like the head Bo Lever. I had originally envisioned Mojo Raleigh in that role when it was going to be Bo and Mojo and Bailey, honestly, as like, you know, the almost like the straight, uh, yeah, was it the Straight Edge Society? Uh, Mojo would be playing the Festus or Doc Gallows character, or Luke Gallows, whatever, and Bailey would be playing the Serena character, not with the shaved head, obviously, but just, you know, those two with the hype and the hugging, they kind of mesh with the Bo Dallas personality, but now that Bo's going kind of creepy evil with the poetry and stuff, I think bro, Bo, not bro, Bo and Braun would just be magnificent together. So that's my fourth team. So I'm going to say it again. New Day, Heath Slater and Rhino, Enzo and Cass and American Alpha taking on the Usos, Breezango, Shining Stars, and Bo Dallas and Braun Strowman. I like the Shining Stars a whole lot more than other people do. The gimmick's a little tacky, but I, I like tacky gimmicks. The fact that they brought out flyers and stuff I think is kind of funny. They're both good wrestlers. I think this could work. So that would be my third match. Fourth match, an eight-women tag. Again, two from each brand. Charlotte, Carmella, Alexa Bliss, and Nia Jax. Those are your heels. Taking on Becky Lynch, Nikki Bella, Sasha Banks, and Bailey. Those are your faces. That one came together very easily four on four makes total sense last one i'm having some fun with the cruiserweights here because i want this to be an all elimination tag pay-per-view and you got to feature the cruiserweights in some way uh you know we could talk about whether or not i think cruiserweights are going to wind up on smackdown yes by summerslam 2017 would be my prediction is we see a cruiserweight or lightweight title on SmackDown. But regardless, um, I'm putting together TJ Perkins, Cedric Alexander, Rich Swan, and Lince Dorado, who are really the only four baby faces I've seen on Raw, I think. I don't know if Tony... I'm saying Tony Nese is a heel for this because he's on the other team. I'm going with the cruiserweights we've seen so far. I could put uh, Jack Gallagher in here gladly. I could put... Um, What's their names? Gargano and Champa in here gladly, but Gargano and Champa are probably going to be part of NXT. I doubt they're going to pull double duty. I think they show up after Survivor Series. So it's Perkins, Alexander, Swan, and Dorado versus Brian Kendrick, Tony Nice, Drew Gulak, and I'm throwing Noam Dar in there. We haven't seen him on Raw yet, but I had I couldn't come up with. I'd love to make a heel Neville be the other cruiserweight you know i could do that fantasy booking wise but i wanted to go with cruiserweights who have been announced i know noam dar is finishing up in the uk he's on his way to the u.s at some point he could play a heel he could fill out this team so perkins alexander swan and dorado versus kendrick nice gulak and noam dar that would be my four on four cruiserweight elimination match and that's all i've got right now because as many people have talked about the rosters aren't that full. You know, you could make a, there would be a kickoff match where it would be Swagger and Darren Young and whomever else is around. You know, the Hype Bros would be taking on Titus O'Neil and the Ascension and whomever. You know, you could throw Kane in there somewhere. You could do all those sorts of things. Uh, but those are the major players. So I've got six. One, two, three. No, I've got five. I've got five matches and the whole idea is these matches take a while you know they didn't have huge numbers of matches back in the 
old days of the Survivor Series, but they took a while because if you've got a 10 on 10, or in this case, an 8 on 8 tag team elimination Survivor Series match, it's going to take a while to whittle that all down. We don't need to do these matches, which we've seen time and time again, and I'm sure they happened in the past too, but I'm remembering them more recently, where the eliminations come one right after the other, right after the other, right after the other. We do not need to see Enzo and Cass eliminated, then Brizango eliminated, then Slater and Rhino eliminated, all within the span of three minutes. Stretch it out. Tell a story. Take some time with these matches. Team Raw versus Team SmackDown should take 30 minutes. For those 12 guys, the 12, arguably the 12 best from each brand, well, not from each brand, but the six best from each brand, 12 total, it should take a while for those guys to eliminate each other. It should take a while for the club and the shield to eliminate each other. I wanted to put them in an elimination chamber, but that seems to be my thing. I wanted to avoid, uh, you know, what would be considered, at least in my own head, stereotypical DC Matthews fantasy booking, which is putting everything in a chamber. It doesn't all have to go in an elimination chamber. It could, but it doesn't have to. This could just be a no disqualification, anything goes, falls count anywhere, elimination match, which would be amazing with those guys. So that's my idea. So let's let's sum up. Let's talk about the journey that we've taken together, friends. Uh, we started out talking about my love for the WWE Network. We, we talked about uh, my adventures with haircutting. Uh, we talked about a recipe for chicken. Uh, we talked about title reigns and how long is too long. We talked about a potential November pay-per-view that won't happen, but it could based on the events of No Mercy. I love when one pay-per-view kind of points you in the direction of where the next one's going to go. Those matches can't wait till TLC. You know, the next... I don't know this... I should edit that out, but I'm not going to. I don't know the specific number, but I'm guessing... TLC, which is the next SmackDown pay-per-view, at least SmackDown exclusive pay-per-view, is not happening for another seven to eight to nine weeks. You can't let these feuds simmer or stew for that long. There's going to come a SmackDown where some of these matches need to take place, and that's good. You want pay-per-view quality matches on your weekly television product. Um, But we talked about that. And then we talked about an idea for an Actual Survivor Series match, bringing the survival back to Survivor Series uh, with five elimination tag matches. Um, you know that that I like very much. I would love to see, obviously, because I booked it. I would love to see the Survivor Series that I just laid out for you. Um, and I know what many problems, and again, not going to pick on Jason Maltov all the time, uh, that Goldberg grant was hilarious and is possibly some of the best podcast gold ever in the world, Jason, just so you know. Uh, but, you know, Jason Maltov talks about his problem with fantasy booking, and this is very true for many people, is that we we book these things in our minds, and then when wrestling, the reality of wrestling doesn't match the fantasy, we get mad at the reality. And I do want to avoid that. Um, you know, if they don't go this way, if if Survivor Series 2016 is just a cross-brand pay-per-view where brand-specific feuds are settled with a token match or two, that's fine. I'm not going to be over the moon for it, but it's fine. I will not shake my fist at professional wrestling for disappointing me because they're not doing exactly what I think they should do. Um, but I do think... This helps. I do think this makes Survivor Series uh, more of a talking point, more of something exciting again when it's completely different than anything else we're going to see. This is this is the time to do those pie in the sky dream matches, even if they are elimination tags, because you know we're going to put Bray Wyatt and Kevin Owens in the same ring. We're going to put Bray Wyatt and Rusev in the same ring. We're going to be able to have. Ziggler and Jericho or Orton and Cesaro, you know, you can do, we can put the club and the shield in the same ring fighting each other. You can't do that right now with separate brands. So as we move on year to year to year, as this brand extension continues, these things will become more and more popular because they will not 
have been done before. You'll notice I didn't put Brock Lesnar in there because I don't want him in there. That That's kind of, it's not related to what I was just talking about, but it just popped into my head. Brock Lesnar's not there. Yeah, you could put him on Team Raw, but what's the point? Yeah, you could have him face a random person, whether it's from SmackDown or from Monday Night Raw, and I know Paul Heyman is scheduled to be on Raw tonight at the day that I'm recording this, the day after No Mercy, so I'm sure that's going to lead somewhere, but again, I, I, you know, if this is my fantasy booking, I can leave talents out if I want to, and I don't want to see Brock Lesnar, so my apologies, I'm kind of anticipating the feedback I'm going to get, you didn't book Brock Lesnar, you're right, I didn't, and there's a reason for it. The point I was originally making before I got off on my Brock Lesnar tangent is that this is going to become something new and different and exciting again. We need to make Survivor Series exciting again. We need to make it great again, like Bob Backlund. I am the Bob Backlund to Survivor Series Darren Young. All right, because Bob Backlund obviously is the only person that came up with that slogan, and anyone else who uses that slogan is not somebody I'm going to talk about. But I want to make Survivor Series great again, and the way to do that is dream matches and stick to the formula that works. All right? So, even if you hate elimination tag matches, I defy you to hear, go back and listen to what I suggested again, and I guarantee you, you will like more of those matches than you don't like. You might not like them all, that's fine, but you will like more of them than you don't like. All right? So there. I'd like to thank you, neighborhood, for taking time out of your busy, busy days uh, to listen to me ramble uh, without Doc Manson to provide the uh, the yin to my yang, the icing to my uh, cinnamon bun, the pumpkin to my spice, or the spice to my pumpkin. Uh, but I appreciate it. My name is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. I truly hope you've enjoyed this show. Please let me know your thoughts. DDTWrestling at gmail.com. Send me a message on Twitter. Uh, let me know what you think. Am I right? Am I wrong? What do you want to see? What do you not want to see? What What did I say that was so completely off base? You fell out of your chair. What did I say that was so completely on the money? You jumped up and down. That's what I want to know. Um, ProWrestlingTees.com slash New Age Insiders. Buy all of the NAI Network merch, specifically the DDT Wrestling t-shirt. But you, I would also buy all of that. I saw the Magnum, our good buddy Magnum out there with the Pro Wrestling Defined shirt. What a fantastic... Uh, idea the holidays are coming up find the wrestling fans in your life that might not know about the nai network buy them some merch as a way of introducing them to the greatness that they can find multiple days a week and growing every day what am i missing ah ddt wrestling of course hopefully you will stick around later this week for ddt wrestling the weekly wrestling news my goodness the Weekly Wrestling News. Doc Manson at Doc Manson does some incredible, incredible work with the Weekly Wrestling News. And it's it's the hidden gem of the DDT Wrestling Empire because once you start listening to it, you'll never, ever stop. It doesn't take long. 15 minutes out of your day. A lot of laughs. A lot of silly jokes. A lot of ridiculousness. So please take a listen to that as well as all of the stuff here on DDT Wrestling and the NAI Network. I'd like to thank you. I wish you nothing but the best uh, for the rest of your day, week, month, and the rest of your wrestling and otherwise life. I hope you have just all the wonders of the world laid out before you. My name is DC Matthews, at DC Matthews NAI. And until we meet again, my friends, I will see you around the neighborhood.